In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, he does not just provide some things. He doesn't just provide, you know, a little bit, a little part of your life. Like over here, he gives you forgiveness, church, you know, peace, hope. No. He does provide for you here at church everything, but he also provides everything else in your life as well. Okay, When you go home today to your house, you eat lunch, that's all Jesus as well. When you go to work tomorrow morning, that's all Jesus. It's all Him. Okay, Everything comes from Him. And we, we have a problem. We have a problem of separating these things, of separating Jesus into kind of a little part of our life and then everything else being over here. Okay, so Jesus, we kind of think, Jesus will take care of the Sunday morning stuff, the spiritual, the soul stuff, but everything else I'll take care of in other ways. And I, I love this illustration that Nancy Piercy has used in her books and speeches and stuff. She says that it's like we have two pockets, just like you have on any pair of pants. We put Jesus over here in this pocket, and everything else we put over here, okay? And the two don't really interchange or ever meet, okay? But, as you can tell by the way I'm talking about this, if you think Jesus is only for the spiritual stuff, then you are quite mistaken, and actually dangerously mistaken. Because if that's what you think, you have a grossly false sense of security, If you think that you're going to be okay if Jesus just takes care of the spiritual and everything else is going to take care of itself or you're going to take care of it, then you are in for a rude awakening. Now, it's easy for us to think that because of the world we live in today. Because of our advances in medicine, technology. We are safer in a lot of ways than, than previous generations were. But... It, 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 none of that changes the fact that you and I are completely vulnerable all the time. If nothing else, I can prove this to you by this little fact. How much money do you pay every month or every year, depending on how you make your payments, how much money do you pay for insurance? Right? If you ever look at it, then you're so disturbed by it that you go talk to your agent right, and say, is there any way I can get her? Get, this, get these rates down a little bit, right? It's really crazy how much we pay for health insurance, auto insurance, home insurance, life insurance, nursing home insurance, identity insurance. Well, why do you do that? Well, because you know all those things are vulnerable. Very vulnerable to attack. And yet, no insurance can really protect you from this fallen world. Only Jesus can. You cannot protect yourself from hunger. You know, you might think, oh, I'm never going to go hungry. You don't know that. You don't know you're never going to go hungry. You can't protect yourself from hunger. You can't protect yourself from sickness. We know that. You can't protect yourself from disaster, fires, tornadoes, whatever. You can't protect yourself from food shortages, from power outages, you name it. That's why you have to have Jesus, okay? Not just for Sunday morning. For all the time. 
Now let's learn this fact from our gospel reading today. Mark 8, 1-9, feeding of the 4,000. I'm going to walk you through it. We're going to see what all of this means. Jesus sees this crowd and he says this, I have compassion on the crowd because they've been with me now three days and they have nothing to eat. So first, I want to focus your attention on this word compassion, which is a really cool word. He doesn't, so I got to try to help you to see this. Jesus doesn't only feel bad for you or have compassion on you when you sin. You know, it's not like you come in here Sunday morning, you confess, Jesus, I've sinned, and then that's when he has compassion on you. He has compassion on you all the time. He sees everything you go through every single day, and he doesn't say, serves him right. He has compassion on you. He grieves for you, okay? So the way I can, I can prove this to you is um, when Jesus first, so in, in case you weren't aware of this, there's two different times he feeds a big mass of people. The first time is 5,000, the second time is 4,000. And they're not all that far apart in, uh, in time. So he's already fed 5,000. When he fed the 5,000, this is what it says. This is in um, Mark chapter 8, I believe. Says, no, it can't be eight. We're in eight. I forget. Chapter six, I think. It says this. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, not because they, were, they had no food in this case. Why? Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Now, see, that's the heart of it. We're sheep without a shepherd. What, what happens to sheep if they don't have a shepherd? They're vulnerable. That's why Jesus has compassion on us, because we're vulnerable. We're, you know, if, if, sheep, if you just have sheep that are out in the wild, and they've been used to having a shepherd protect them, and, and then all of a sudden they don't, they'll be dead before too long. That's the way with us. If we don't have a protector, a provider, we're going to be dead in a short amount of time. But Jesus says, I have compassion. He looks at you and me and says, I have compassion on him, on her. So here in Mark 8, the people are hungry for food, right? But it's, it's more than that. It's, it's always more than that. When Jesus meets the woman at the well, John 4, she's coming to get water. He says, you're thirsty. But he says, I can give you a water that if you, a living water, that if you have it, you will never be thirsty again. It's always about more than just food or water. He is the kind of Savior that provides everything so that Psalm 23 can make this incredible statement, can say, the Lord is my shepherd, I will not want anything. He's going to take care of me. Okay? So we need this compassion. Why? Continuing through the reading, because the world is desolate. Look what Jesus says. If I send these folks away hungry to their homes, they'll faint. And you might, again, we look at this, we're always reading the Bible with 21st century eyes. And we think, well, what's the big deal? Send them home, Jesus. I'm sure there's 20 McDonald's on the way. You know, that's the, there's always food around here. But no, th this is an actual crisis. Jesus looks at these, this crowd and says, you know, if I just tell them to go home, some of these people are going to die. They're going to faint on the way because they're not going to find food. So... This world is desolate like this. Okay, he says some of them have come from far away. And the disciples, they, they re-emphasize it. They say, 
where are we going to find bread in this desolate place, in this desert? So maybe, maybe, maybe you and I, we, maybe we need to start a company and sell. We should now start selling food insurance or grocery insurance, right? In case all of a sudden you go to the grocery store and the shelves are all empty, right? Here's one reason. You, you're going to think I'm crazy, but so be it. Here's one reason I thank God for COVID. I, can you utter that phrase? Can you say that? I thank God for COVID. It probably feels weird to say it, right? But I do. As bad as it has been in many ways, I thank God that one good thing about COVID, I think it's taught many of us that we're vulnerable again. It's knocked us down a few places from our pride. And we, we should never take it for granted. We should never take this for granted that we can drive to a grocery store and the shelves are going to have food on them. That's not guaranteed. Why do we think that's guaranteed? It's not. Okay? It's an incredible luxury. It may not always be there. And I do thank God that some of those false securities kind of came crumbling down the last couple years. We're vulnerable in this desolate world. We have no idea what today might bring, what tomorrow might bring. Now, okay, one, one way to look at this, you can become a prepper, which is not all bad. You can store a bunch of food and water and teepee in your basement. But does that really fix it ultimately? It's going to protect you for a while. But even that will run out. You must have something more than all that. Someone more than all that. The world is desolate. I remember the first time that I traveled through Wyoming, it was about 20 years ago, and someone said, now... Watch your gas tank closely, okay? Don't think you're in Illinois anymore where there's a gas station every, what, you know, 10 to 20 miles. Okay, you can drive through Wyoming a long ways and never see a gas station. Now, that was a pretty big shock for me, right? I thought, well, of course, you'll always be close to get gas. No. Don't forget how vulnerable you are. You're often led into the desert by God Himself. He wants you to see how vulnerable you are. That's what the Spirit did with Jesus, right? Led Him into the wilderness to be tempted with hunger. And often that's what God does. He'll lead you into the wilderness so that you'll see how vulnerable you are, so that you'll come to trust Him. So maybe He'll lead you into the wilderness with a severe illness. And you'll feel like you're all alone. And you'll say, God, why are you allowing this to happen? Maybe he'll lead you into the wilderness with a severe financial crisis. You say, I don't know, what, I don't know where I'm going to get the money to pay for all this, pay all these bills. Maybe it's a severe crisis of loneliness. But when you suffer, amidst all your prayers, then remember to thank God that he is showing you that you're vulnerable, that you need him. He doesn't just provide spiritual things. He provides everything. Now, in those times, continuing through our reading, when God leads us into these deserts and we're hungry and not knowing where we're going to be fed, we often struggle a lot with unbelief, with doubt, with worry. See what the disciples say here? They say, and remember, this is what's so interesting about this. They just saw him feed 5,000 people not that long ago. They just saw it. Just like you have seen over and over again how God has taken care of you every day up till now. He's always taken care of you. And yet, the disciples and us, we can't help it. We doubt. And we say things like this. How in the world are we going to find bread to feed all these people? Right? That's our usual reaction. How am I going to get through this? 
How could this ever be fixed? Where will I ever find the time or the money or the strength? We know how good God is. We see the birds and the lilies. that God takes care of them. They don't worry. But we still worry. So, let's hear again how Jesus provides everything for you. Why you don't need to worry. Okay? Because the Lord is your shepherd. Here Jesus asked them, How many loaves do you have? And what's the number? Seven. Now you, you're going to think I'm making too big a deal out of a number. But... In the Bible, the number seven is a glorious number. The number seven is like a number that says to you, everything is going to be fine. God is going to take care of everything. Seven is that number of completion, that number of perfection. And so Jesus says, how many loaves you got? Seven. He blesses it. They hand it out. How many baskets do they gather left over at the end? Seven baskets. That's not coincidental. Now, there are other glorious numbers in the Bible, like the number 12, the number 8, but 7 is a big one. In our Wednesday morning Bible study, we just finished the book of Revelation, and that whole book, that whole book you can summarize with the number 7, because over and over, it's the number 7, 7, 7. It's God's number telling us that God is going to take care of everything. No matter how bad, how painful, how desolate, how scary the world may get, God is going to bring it to completion in Jesus. So seven is your number. You know, when you see the number seven, you think God provides everything. God will always take care of me. He did it in the beginning, of course, you know. At the world he created in seven days. He rested on the seventh day. And here Jesus takes seven loaves, turns it into enough food to feed thousands, and has seven baskets left over. And you hear that and you say, you know what? What do I have to worry about? God is going to take care of everything. Not just one day a week, not just Sunday, seven days a week. Jesus provides everything. In John chapter 6, after he feeds the 5,000, then Jesus goes on to teach them. He says, I am the bread of life. And it's like we say in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. So in other words, Jesus is saying, I don't just give you this bread to eat. I give you everything. Now, the most particular place, and I really want to hone your, your mind into this this morning, the most particular place that you will see this over and over again, that God is going to provide everything, is here at the altar. Okay? Now, that was a great miracle that he fed 4,000 people, but a bigger miracle is when he feeds every one of us all the time here at his altar with the very body and blood of Jesus, our Savior. Okay? Imagine the joy, oh, excuse me, I'm totally, I totally messed up, went to the wrong place. Okay. This, meal, this meal is your, your weekly reminder. Every time you take it, that Jesus is your bread of life, he's going to provide everything for you. So the way Paul says this is if God has given us his son for our salvation, how is he not going to give everything else? If you come up here to the altar and Jesus gives you his very body and blood, do you think he's not going to take care of you the, the rest of the time? Of course he is, Okay. We can't hardly hear these words without remembering the Lord's Supper. It says, He took the seven loaves, having given thanks, He broke them and gave them to the disciples. And our minds say, wait a minute, I know those words. Because Jesus, when He had given thanks, He broke the bread on Thursday night and gave it in the Lord's Supper for our salvation. That's our constant reminder. Okay? Next, notice how Jesus gives out the food. He doesn't just miraculously hand it out. 
he takes his unbelieving disciples, who just a minute ago said, what are we going to do? And he says, you guys hand it out. And that was pretty cool for them. You have to imagine, they get to go around and, you know, everybody's like, where are they getting all this food? And they get to be these cool guys that hand out all this food that just goes on and on and on for 4,000 people. Well, if you think that's cool, remember, that's what God uses you for as well. God uses you and me to distribute his goodness to others. You know, you've, you've heard this phrase many times, that you are the hands and feet of Jesus, and it's true. He uses you to distribute his goods. So pastors like me, we get to hand out his word and sacraments to people. Parents, they get to feed their families, provide for them, protect them. Police officers get to provide God's protection, his mercy, his help. Teachers get to distribute God's knowledge and wisdom. Doctors and nurses get to distribute his healing, his medicine, his compassion, his mercy. It's everywhere. We get to be the people of Jesus bringing his goodness to others. Another significant number is this 4,000. Four, you know, what's the number four in the Bible? Four is the whole world. It's the four corners of the earth. That's what the number four is. So here, 4,000 is a reminder that Jesus provides for every single person everywhere in the world, everything. So finally then, to bring this to a conclusion, what God wants for you when you hear this account, Jesus being forth, He wants you to have courage and to have faith. What do you possibly have to be afraid of in the world? You have Jesus who, when he saw thousands of people hungry, took a few loaves of bread and fed every one of them. You have Jesus who, when the Israelites were thirsty in the wilderness and there was no water, he said, strike the rock, water comes out. Okay? You have Jesus who is the bread of life, who gave his very life for you on the cross. You have Jesus who looks at you and says, I have compassion on you. Okay? So what do you have to be afraid of? Don't push Jesus down into this you know, Sunday morning pocket and you think, well, he's only for that, only for the spiritual stuff. No, pull him out for everything. You need him for everything. A thousand things could happen to you between here and home today. But if you have Jesus, you needn't worry about anything. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding guards your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.